We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bears select... Welcome to Picks for Polls, presented by The Bear Report. Your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid Koshal. It's the most important decision the franchise has made in decades, one that will dictate how the first round of the 2024 NFL Draft goes on Thursday, April 25th, 2024. And it's going to have a direct impact on 32 franchises for the foreseeable future, not just the top five, not just the top ten, not just teams that are so hungry to go ahead and figure out the quarterback position. With the first overall pick for the second consecutive year, general manager Ryan Poles will have a big decision on his hands. Should he draft USC's Caleb Williams, a player who's been labeled as generational for the last two seasons, or should he stick with Justin Fields, a player who's become so beloved to this fan base? Many are convinced he's ready for a year four breakout. Whatever side of the argument you're on, you always have to go ahead and ensure that you're listening to what people inside the league are saying. People that have been around front offices, coaching staff, general managers, talent evaluators, people like ourselves here at the Bear Report that are actively in these locker rooms so many different times of the year. What's up, guys? Welcome into the Picks for Polls podcast brought to you by Bear Report and Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Usaid Koshua. And for today, I had the opportunity to sit down with former NFL scout Daniel Kelly, who provided some insight into the Bears franchise and quarterback Justin Fields. Throughout the 30 to 35 minute interview, Daniel and I had a great conversation where we went ahead and discussed some of the strengths and weaknesses of Fields, what he's shown on film, and why we think he could be the answer moving forward for this franchise. Daniel and I also discussed the state of the franchise and whether or not Ryan Poles has this team moving in the right direction. Let's get straight into the episode so you guys have a chance to listen to our discussion. Joining us now on the Picks for Polls podcast, we got a former NFL scout joining us. So his name's Daniel Kelly. He is on Twitter known as First Round Mock. You can follow him on social media at First Round Mock. Daniel, how's it going? Thanks so much for hopping on the show today. 
It's going really well. Thank you for having me on. It's uh, good to always talk about uh, football, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. I mean, and we're both football guys, right? Because I currently coach it. You have, you know, your connections within the league. So it's interesting because we're able to kind of look and watch these players every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whatever the case is, and really look at them from this completely objective perspective. And, you know, you had an article recently detailing what the Bears need to do with quarterback Justin Fields, just what you've seen from him over the last basically three years, about 38 to 40 starts there. I mean, let's get into it because this to me is going to be one of the decisions that kind of drives the offseason, right? Like the Bears have to make a decision on fields. That in turn is going to have a domino effect on how multiple different teams basically go ahead and approach the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge offseason for the Chicago Bears. It's one of those defining moments kind of like where the franchise goes one way or another, like you're saying. And, you know, this, this is a quarterback-driven league. And that's, of course, why, you know, the focus is so much on the quarterbacks. And, you know, do the Bears stick with Justin Fields? I think they should uh, stick with Justin Fields. That's my conclusion after, you know, looking at all sides, looking at the game film, um, you know, or there's obviously a faction, you know, of of the population. Uh, so, I mean, Fields is polarizing. The whole situation is polarizing. It seems like people are on one side of the fence or the other either keep Justin Fields and continue to build around him. You know, I think like, you know, the stadium was chanting, we want Fields, um, you know, at the Bears game against, um, you know, week 16 there against the Atlanta Falcons. Or do they go another direction with a uh, very deep quarterback class uh, coming up here in April? So you mentioned keep Justin Fields, and I think that's really where kind of this entire debate starts. But, you know, from a scout's perspective, break down what you've seen from Fields over the last three seasons on film, because there's been a lot of good some stuff that he showed on tape when he was playing in Columbus. There's been a lot of bad as well. Some stuff that, you know, you kind of knew were his natural flaws. And then there's those moments where you're like, you know, if he gets that corrected and that corrected and he gets the ball out faster, you have a quarterback that you can actually build around. Yeah, absolutely. I, I did extensive work on Justin Fields coming out of Ohio State University and, and during the 2020 season. In fact, I evaluated every single snap uh, run and pass that Fields had made that last season at Ohio and then really picked up this last season uh, for Yard Barker looking at his film, uh, looked again at every single snap, uh, analyzed every snap in 2023 of Fields, 13 games, of course, missing the four games with the thumb. You know, so it was kind of interesting perspective, you know, because he was my QB1 2021 in that draft. And, um, you know, I saw a lot of the same type of characteristics that I uh, that I loved at Ohio State, you know, in, in, in his game film with the Bears. But there's also other parts of it. And, and, and that's the important thing about quarterbacks, because there's more variables that go into evaluating quarterbacks than picking the Powerball numbers, in my opinion. I mean, it's, it's just it's just astronomical. Um, and what you can do is try to watch these prospects, which I do through what I call NFL colored glasses. So I watch college quarterbacks differently than, you know, like a lot of people. I watch them through, you know, which traits translate best into the NFL or what's been proven rather to succeed in the National Football League over the last few decades. 
you know, things like, you know, is he going through his progressions, time to throw, uh, ball placement downfield, ball security, leadership, how's the teammates responding to him, things of that nature. And so when I looked at Fields and unpacked him this last season, um, you know, it, it's it's something where there was positives, as you said, and, and also there was negatives um, as well. The biggest positive to me is that, you know, he's a dual role guy. And what do I mean by that? Um, you know, of course, he can pass and he can run. Um, and why that's a positive is because it gives NFL defenses more to prepare for. Uh, defensive coordinators, the coaching staffs, and opponents more to prepare for because there's always that threat when he climbs the pocket or, or he rolls out to the right or to the left. This is a legit runner. They, this guy is a, the second fastest quarterback in NFL history to achieve 5,000 yards passing and 2,000 yards rushing next to the Lamar Jackson. This is a legit guy uh, who, who can move on his feet. So I really like that about him. Um, I like the fact that he's, you know, on game film in 2023 as well as at Ohio State. He was a quarterback first, you know, even though he has athletic ability. He was a quarterback first and a runner second, which I think is very important uh, because it's, it's you know, it's the other way around. It kind of gets funky. Um, and, and he's downfield focused. Uh, that's another big positive that I have for him, um, you know, almost to a fault. It was a fault almost at Ohio State and, and also with the Bears because he becomes so focused downfield that if he sees the pass rush coming at him, he can evade it. But otherwise, he's pretty much a sitting duck. And we've seen the sacks. I think he was like the fifth most sack quarterback in the league this year uh, at 44 sacks. So that's a positive and negative um, as well. But it also allows him to improvise, as I wrote for Yard Barker, uh, when he's going down because he's so focused on what's going on downfield uh, that, that he's able to you know, quickly flip the ball to a receiver at times, not all the time, but sometimes. And, and also the pocket maturity. This is a big positive. I saw this with him at Ohio State. I see this again with him at with the Bears. This is an extremely pocket mature quarterback is what I call them. Uh, a guy who's got a good head on his shoulder, is poised, is is looking, you know, downfield um, and so forth. And, you know, and, and really he's best when he gets the ball of his hand quickly. And this is what really opens up the debate. I think the can the can debate, if you will, is that release time, right? That, that, that time to throw, um, you know, recorded by uh, next gen stats, as the slowest quarterback in the league, time to throw, 3.23 seconds. Um, you know, so that that's an issue. Uh, and the issue is, is really, it, 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 it's, it comes to me, it comes down to this. It's his pre and post snap coverage recognition, which is the big issue with Justin Fields. And, and so when I watch him, when he, you know, when he knows where he's going to go with the ball, in other words, before the snap, it's boom, he gets it out of his hands. Where he gets in trouble is where he kind of sits back there, overanalyzes it. Now, he's a real smart guy. So it's not a matter of a lacking of football IQ. It's, I think it's actually the opposite. I think he actually overthinks it. And, he, and when he's reading these coverages, he, he, he overthinks it. And it especially affects him in his deep game, where I think he only had, according to NFL.com, four passes of 40-plus yards this last season. And so that, that's the big thing to me. There's positives, as you pointed out. There's some negatives. Three-year trend, you know, when you look at completion percentage, it's going up like a stairwell, 2021, 58.9%. 
2022, 60.4, 2023, 61.4. And so, and it really seemed like he started coming on when I watch, because what I do is I, I soak in the game film. I, I marinate it like, like somebody would be in a, in a swimming pool or a bathtub or something. I just marinate in the game film. And it's interesting because as you do that, I watch every single snap from the season you start to kind of feel you're looking as a scout for trends and, and patterns, not the one off, but you're looking for trends and patterns over a sustained period. And really starting about week 12 of the 2023 season is when he really started to come on, play with a little bit more urgency. I felt more, more just determination, looked more sure of himself. Of course, the last game of the season was a disaster against the finale against uh, Green Bay, like 11 out of 16, 140 yards i believe um probably the most conservative game plan i've seen from an offensive coaching standpoint all season in the league not just with the bears but there there was some growth there and that's what you're looking for because when i was in the with the jets in the pro scouting department my at the time our my boss the pro scouting director the jets at the time was scott pioli bill parcell's son-in-law and he developed a grading system with an arrow going up an arrow going sideways or an arrow going down of course, up for ascending, sideways for staying the same, and down for descending. And to me, Fields has a grade, and then he has an arrow going up. And he's somebody that's constantly showing subtle improvements. And the important thing is every quarterback, I don't care who it is, every quarterback needs a support structure and a structure that plays to their strengths. From a personnel standpoint, drafting the players that play to the player, the quarterback's strengths, and also from a strategy and a game playing standpoint. So if the Bears can build that structure around fields with the type of improvements he's showing, I feel like he can be really good for the Chicago Bears and continue to improve, and the Bears' record will continue to prove likewise. So, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, that was awesome first off because you, I think, hit on a lot of these points that so many people are so confused about because what you see every Sunday, and let me just say this, I mean, in my opinion, right, I think that watching football from the broadcast angle does nobody any justice, and that's just because there's so much that's going on that you ultimately end up missing. I mean, I've always kind of been, especially because I've been coaching for a few years now, this kind of, you know, end zone type of guy of let me watch the thing from the end zone, let me kind of view, you know, the entire offense, the entire defense, you know, those angles. But um, I think it's interesting. Because 
there's been so much that's been made about, well, is it the player or is it the situation? And what you described right there is, yeah, it's a bit of the player, but it's also some of the situation as well, which I think brings about this other big debate in terms of, okay, when you're evaluating a draft prospect, whether it's fields, especially when it's a quarterback, what's the fine line there between, you know, hey, the situation versus the quarterback? Well, it's just when you're evaluating these quarterbacks, when I look at them, uh, there's there's a, a lot of different situations they potentially could go into coming out of college. But really, it comes down to just those traits I alluded to earlier. You know, like like some people just say, you know, this is a guessing game. It's not a guessing game. It's not. I, I said the one guy on Twitter, I said, well, why don't teams just, you know, just save the money in the scouting staff and just pull names off a half? And he's like, no, LOL, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, it, there are things that do translate. And again, going back to those those characteristics, um, you know, because, you know, the quarterbacks that can go through the progressions like in the NFL, the quarterbacks that can get the ball in their hand relatively quickly uh, to attack globe, I believe is 2.36 seconds for next gen stats. It's the fastest in the NFL. You're looking for guys that make quick decisions, smart, um, you know, can can place the ball well. That, that was the big tell for me from C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is the only quarterback on a published report I've ever had that I call generational, you know, pre Previous, you know, prior to him getting into the league back in August of 2022, because the ball placement was phenomenal. Uh, so you're looking for ball placement. I don't just mean completion percentage, but you're looking at, at ball placement. In other words, is the ball put in a position where the receiver can just catch it or run through the pass and keep on going for, for yak yards after the catch? Uh, ball security is another big one you look for as far as going to a situation, um, you know, in general, because NFL coaches love quarterbacks that can protect the football. I don't just mean interceptions. I also mean PBUs, pass breakups, keeping defenders from keep getting a hand on the pass. Um, you know, and just seeing how the you know players respond to the guy. Is he a guy that's, you know, I think you see some of that. That's why the senior bowl is important. I've been down there a few times. Uh, that's why the combine is important. The pro days, it, it's uh, you're, you're watching the body language of the quarterbacks. Is this a guy who's just kind of aloof standing over the corner by himself? Or is this somebody like, hey, come on, everybody, good job, let's go. Uh, you know, what kind of a, you know, what kind of a guy is this? Uh, what's his body language a big part of evaluating quarterbacks and players in general is reading body language it, it that's the intense part that's the that's the genesis of of the end of the college football season to the draft day is is nfl teams doing their best to read body language uh you know all these questions interviews different things of that nature uh but didn't you know the answer your question specifically when you start looking at specific situations the first thing you look at is personnel of the team so if you're like the chicago bears what do the bears do well what are their strengths um you you want to try to tailor the good gms are the ones that are able to you know not make it what they want it to be but actually evaluate their own roster and make it what place to the offensive strengths and that to me was the most mind-blowing part of 2023 for justin fields and the chicago bears because fields is a guy that really has really good mobility as i pointed out and and he's a guy that seems to do very well on, on, on game film when he's able to like roll out um in into either direction and have what i call a moving pocket 
Um, you know, and that's something the Bears coaches did very little this last season. And the advantage, of course, to the quarterback when you have a rolling pocket is is you have the quarterback's able to dictate more uh, to the defense versus the other way around, the defense dictating to the quarterback. Uh, so, so you look at the strengths of the team and try to mold that around the specific team, look at the personnel, and, and then, you know, try to find the quarterback that best matches what that team already has in place. And then, of course, the vision, the management, and coaching, and what all fits together best philosophically into that equation. Well, I just said a lot in a very short period of time, and that's what I'm talking about when it comes to variables. There are so many variables that go into this. It's just countless. And it's still, it always still comes down to a very calculated and educated guess at the end of the day. And you just, you look at all the film, you look at all the pre-draft intel, you, you know, and if you're lucky enough and fortunate enough to be inside the building of Chicago Bears, you, you, you call everybody. You, you called, you know, college, you know, Justin Fields, for example, was from, you call Ohio State, you send scouts in there, you have them interview everybody from, from the head coach to, to, to the maintenance crew to, to the, you know, guy at the front gate who lets him, hey, what kind of guy is Justin Fields? Tell me about him. Uh, is he nice to you? Uh, the, the, you know, the secretaries, the, the staff, the, the water boy, the ball boy, you know, tell me about Justin Fields. Um, you know, there, there's, it, it gets really intense. It gets all the way into the, you know, some of these teams, most of these teams do like FBI background searches, uh, you know, background stuff. They, they scrub players, social media, and, and you're looking at all these, it's like one big puzzle. Right. You ever realize a kid, you ever have those big puzzles, those like, you know, 5,000 piece puzzles or 10,000 piece puzzles. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's like it's like walking when you walk into a draft room, you have 12, 13, 15 scouts. You have a college director, director, player personnel, GM, head coach, uh, you know, assistant coaches. And, and basically, you know, somebody just, you know, you know, takes all these pieces of puzzle and throws them up in the air. And, and, and teams will sit there for weeks before the draft and they'll piece these pieces of the puzzle together and they'll say, OK, what's the picture here and, and let's look at our board now now does he fit us because like for example i'll conclude with this to your question is like you know like like when bill bilicek my, my my mentor was one of bilicek's most trusted scouts for the first few super bowls and he would tell me these stories on the phone after my time with the jets and, and, you know, at first, you know, like every team in the league has like four or 500 players on the board on draft day. Well, okay. So after Bill Belichick won his first Super Bowl, it got down to the point where he only had, I believe it was 85 players on the board. And then after the second Super Bowl, he only had, I believe, 40 players on the board. And after the third Super Bowl victory for New England, he had like 30 players on the board. Now, that doesn't mean that the other three, four, 500 guys aren't going to play in the NFL. They're just not going to play for Bill uh, because he had very specific type of guys that he wanted that fit his system. And that's really what it comes down to for the Chicago Bears, the team of interest that we're talking about, is which guy fits what we're doing, what we have, and where we're going. So those are some, you know, excellent points because to me, I mean, the next, I feel like, you know, it's when you're doing the scouting process, right? And that whole mm -hmm. thing is taking place. You're literally doing like the most extensive homework that you can on any and every prospect, right? Because what so yeah. many people see kind of is, okay, well, this is the player that's on the field, but there's so many variables that go into making that decision on a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, right? Adding a guy that you hope 
is going to become a longtime contributor. But there's been some rumors going around, and I'm interested to get your thoughts on this, right? I know we've mm-hmm. had some people say, oh, well, the Bears could ship Justin Fields out this offseason, start completely fresh, they could get a first-round pick. I mean, do you see a scenario where there's the phones ringing at Hallis Hall and a team is saying, hey, you know, we know you're probably done with him. We would love to offer you a nice little trade package, bring him in, and then Fields' career turns around? Absolutely, I do. I, I think I think if I was a GM of another team, I'd be calling the Bears. If I needed a quarterback, I'd definitely be calling the Bears because I think we would be in a lot different situation right now. See, I, I thought Justin Fields fit best with the Jets or the 49ers pre-draft. Those were the two teams that I thought, you know, when I heard Bears, I'm like, hmm. You know, I just didn't see it as being a great fit from a from a team DNA standpoint over over the years. I, I go back; I've watched the Bears since Jim McMahon was under center. Um, you know, so I didn't really. I saw Mike Tomzak and, and and Jim Harbaugh, and and you know, I saw all these guys in between. Um, you know, so so to me, you know, I think the narrative on Justin Fields will be a lot different in the league had Fields gone to like the 49ers, for example. And he got plugged into that system. There's a huge difference for for a team's for for pro, these prospects going to a team that's rebuilding and is looking for the quarterback to be the savior and a guy who like like Brock Purdy, for example, he gets you know last player in the draft, Mister Irrelevant. He's going to the Super Bowl this year, and he gets plugged into that great system that that plays to his strengths and has all that great personnel around him. It's a lot different situation. So, yeah, I mean, I could, if I was a general manager NFL team, I could win a Super Bowl with Justin Fields. I, I'm a big believer in Justin Fields. It, it, it's, it comes down to knowing what he is, knowing what he needs, and putting it together. So, absolutely, there'll be teams calling because if you can get Justin Fields for, you know, he, he's, his, he's, he's, you know, if he was coming out this year, he'd definitely be in the first round conversation. And, and, and not only that, but he has this experience, you know, since 2021, he's been in the league, and there's no substitute for experience. I sat next to Elise Steinberg, Patrick Mahomes' agent, one year, coming back from the uh, senior bowl from, from Mobile to, to uh, by coincidence, by the way. But from Mobile to Houston, he happened to be sitting right across from me on, on the, the small airplane we were on. Now, I turned to him, I, I, of course, I started talking to him because he's a super agent, right? This is the guy they modeled like Jerry Maguire after the movie. <laughs> you know, so I was like, you know, hey, you know, you know, Mr. Cyberg, you know, uh, I'm Daniel Kelly, former scout the Jets, da-da-da. You know, we got in this conversation about quarterbacks, and that was what I was fascinated. I was like, I really wanted to pick his brain about quarterbacks. And, and he said, you know, because I remember this guy when I was a kid, he always had his arms around the top quarterbacks every year to represent him, and I said – you know, tell me, what are your thoughts on quarterbacks in the league and everything? He goes, let me tell you something, Daniel. And this is Lee Steinberg talking. He said, quarterbacks are like a fine wine. They take time to develop. Unfortunately, a lot of teams don't have the time or the patience. And it's understandable because obviously it's win or get out, you know. And he started talking about, you know, he brought the example of Rich Gannon, who was 37 years old when he became NFL MVP for the Raiders back in 2002. Gannon bounced around the league. He'd gone to Minnesota. He'd gone to Washington. He'd gone to Kansas City. He ended up with the Raiders. Boom. Right situation. Uh, so it takes, you know, so when you know, the, the experience that Fields has is, is very valuable to me uh, versus one of these rookie quarterbacks. It's like reinventing the wheel. If they go with a rookie quarterback, no matter who it is, it's going to be that same ramp-up period because the game is so much faster and they hit harder. They're, they're bigger players. 
and it's so much more complex in college football. Even the size of the football is different. It's a much it's, it's a larger football regulation size football in the NFL. It is college. Kenny Pickett found that out the hard way. That's why he wears gloves. Um, you know, and he had one of some of the smallest hands I've seen come through. You know, come through the measurements in the last thirty some years. It, it's a different game. The complexity is just different. Uh, so, so the experience fields has he he's gone through some of those growing pains, and I feel like if he goes to another team, the Bears fans, the Bears organization, Bears ownership. It's going to be one of those things where they look back and they really regret it because he's right at that cusp, I feel. Like if he went to Atlanta or one of these teams, he's right on the cusp of breaking out. And if he breaks out and they bring in somebody else and he doesn't, it's going to be a really, really, you know, it's like a Snickers commercial. Not not going anywhere for a while, you know, at the press conference, you know. And that's what I see happening because Fields is really – He's a mature young man. He's a very intelligent young man. He's going to figure this out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, you mentioned earlier just the Bears DNA and how you feel like, you know, Fields isn't a quarterback that kind of fit what the Bears were doing at the time when he came out. I mean, expand on what you mean by Bears DNA, because I think it's very clear that there is this, you know, all 32 franchises are going to have different perceptions of each other around the league. And it's, you know, everyone wants to say, okay, well, it is a copycat league, but also, you know, every team's trying to find the next big idea to get ahead of the curve. They really are. And and I really am a firm believer in this that, you know, I mean, we see it with different organizations in the interest of time. I won't go through all of them, but we see the same same type of thing decade after decade to a certain extent, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, for example. They're always basically the same same team, give or take. They have a lot of the same type of players. They look at the same type of players. They have great linebackers, great running back. You know, great defense, you know, players they bring in, um, you know, different teams. The Minnesota Vikings are a team, of course, that the uh, Bears are very familiar with. Uh, it doesn't matter who the owner is, who the coach is, who the you know players are, who the management is, who the scouts are. They, they, they can't win. Um, you know, so there's different different teams that have different DNA. And the Bears' DNA um, is I, I just, you know, the only quarterback I can think of from memory that remotely reminds me of Justin Fields in the Chicago Bears history uh, going back to the early 80s was really a guy they had in a little bit, a little while, uh, was named Vince Evans, I believe, uh, back in the 80s or early 90s as the back of a guy who had that mobility, you know, to move around a little bit and kind of the dual role before it was a thing, right? Um, you know, kind of that Randall Cunningham era, uh, the, you know, the NFL started seeing some some quarterbacks uh, come in that were a little bit more mobile opposed to the dinosaur quarterback that used to sit in the pocket a lot. Um, you know, so that started, you know, and since that time, the Bears really haven't had a quarterback like this. I mean, Fields is a legit dual role elite 
runner that they really never had before. So to me, when I looked at the Bears, I mean, the first thought I had when the Chicago Bears drafted Fields was, oh, no, not Chicago. You know, I was like, oh, oh man, because it, it just didn't seem like a fit. I mean, I predicted pre-draft that Mac Jones would end up with the New England Patriots because that seemed like a fit because, you know, Jones was coming from Alabama. Of course, Saban had played, you know, coached a new Bill Belichick. It, it just seemed kind of like a natural DNA kind of move where Mac Jones would end up with Belichick and the Patriots. Uh, it, but this, this was a little bit different. Same thing when Zach Wilson was drafted by the Jets. I was like, oh, no. I mean, this is, a, 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 you know, a guy that seems to have a very high sense of entitlement. You know, a guy that seemed a little soft. I was like, oh, I, I mean, I spent four years in New York and I was like, this is not a New York guy. So when I looked at Fields, I just didn't feel like he really fit the DNA of, of the organization. Um, and, and if Fields was going to succeed, it was going to take the Chicago Bears as an organization from ownership down to get behind him and, and, and to really, you know, say, okay, we are going to build this thing around you versus you adapting to what we are if that makes sense it absolutely does all right so last one from me here but take us through what you've seen from general manager ryan poles over the last couple of years as he heads into year three as gm and you know is he setting this franchise up for long-term success because right now this whole draft develop you know let's stack draft picks year after year i mean it's really foreign territory to this franchise because they've never had a gm or a head coach who's all about developing the homegrown talent yeah no that's correct I, I, and i like that approach I think that that you know make these guys chicago bears and kind of grow this thing around these players i'm a fan of ryan poles I, I think that he's he's done a, a good job, and I think he's setting this team up for a lot of success. This is the year that's a proverbial line in the sand, what's going to happen with this draft. Um, you know, looking back at last year's draft, uh, you know, I didn't watch all the players because there's only 24 hours in a day, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm one guy. I mean, college scouting departments have about 15 to 20 people to do this. Um, you know, so so I looked at at a number of these players, but I really like what he did. I, I like the pick with with Darnell Wright. Um, I had to come out pre-draft and, and read a report on Darnell Wright to me. And I also had a chance to interview Darnell before the draft for Sports Illustrated uh, for the Jets. And to me, um, you know, he seemed like a slam dunk tenure All Pro. Throw away the keys at right tackle. Had a nice rookie season. I think he's going to be a mainstay. He's He's going to be great. Um, I was a fan of Jervon Dexter, too. At one point, I had a first-round grade on him. I slid it down to a second-round grade pre-draft. He ended up going in the second round, like the pick. Um, Roshan Johnson, the running back, liked that a lot as well. Um, and uh, felt that he was the best running back I'd seen. You know, I, I, you know, he impressed me more than Bijan Robinson. Um, and then Tyreek Stevenson is a guy I had about a fifth round grade on fourth. Seemed kind of like a nickel guy that could maybe step in there and develop over time. I guess he performed. I haven't had a chance to evaluate him at the Bears yet, but I heard he had a, a better season than, than a lot of people anticipated. You know, so there's, there's some good picks there. 
that polls has made. And I feel like, you know, overall, I feel like like this year, this is a golden opportunity. I mean, look what look what the, the Dolphins got from the 49ers for Trey Lance to move up a few spots back in 2021. This is going to be a, you know, a three number one draft pick deal, probably uh, some a couple threes, maybe some players, a two. Who knows? Uh, this is going to be like a, a package, you know, kind of like a almost like like a Herschel Walker type trade. You know, I mean, it's going to be a deal where. You know, the Bears can really get a lot of draft capital here. And this is a very deep draft for quarterbacks. It's a deep draft for uh, receivers. Uh, you know, you can easily go get another quarterback a little bit later, which I feel the Bears, I, I thought the Bears should have done last year. I still think they should, you know, upgrade their backup position. Um, and then also the receiving core, if you get a couple guys in there, um, you know, who like, like, an, like, a, like an Ad Mitchell, um, you know, down in uh, Texas, a guy that, that is CD Lamb you know, like, like waiting to happen all over again. Um, somebody like that, or, or like a, like a Malik neighbors, uh, a guy that excels. The more I watch neighbors at LSU, the more I, I, I fall in love with him. Um, you know, a guy, you know, but these guys that can, can kind of excel, you know, not just deep, but also short to intermediate. And if there's any way possible, the bears could get their hands on Georgia tight end Brock Bowers. Wow. That would be incredible. Uh, because uh, Bowers is a guy that would, would really make Fields look a lot better uh, it, because it would provide him that that short to intermediate um, you know target that that's almost impossible to cover at a, at a college level. Uh, so so I, I like polls. Uh, you know, long story short, I like polls. I like the work he's done, and I have confidence that he's going to make the right choices this year, and the team is going to continue to build towards the future. If I had to put money on, I would say this is going to be a good draft for Chicago bears. That is going to do it from me. I mean, thanks so much for hopping on, but you know, where can people follow you, find your work and just keep up with you, you know, over the next few months and really throughout the entire year. Absolutely. Thank you for asking. Yeah. I'm, I'm most of my focus is on Twitter X um, at first Ron mock is where I put most of my work. Um, and then of course my NFL draft site, uh, first mock.com. Uh, that's where, you know, everything kind of goes. That's the umbrella where all, all my reports go and everything and, and videos and such that I do. Uh, and then also too, um, I write, uh, I, uh, evaluate quarterbacks for yard Barker. Awesome. Well, you're welcome on again anytime. We'll definitely have to have you back on. Thanks again for hopping on here. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And to our listeners, uh, thank you for listening. And I've always respected Chicago Bears and their fan base is one of the best in the NFL. And um, the the Bears are going to figure this out. I I think I really do think uh, coming from my perspective, someone's been around the game 40 plus years and somebody who's spent time in the league. I really do truly believe the Chicago Bears are on the right path. I mean, I hope so as well, because I've seen like one winning season, I want to say, since I started, you know, covering this team. So we'll see how it goes. Absolutely. Well, you know, a couple, a couple of years ago, if it's any, if it's any uh, uh, hope to the Bears fan base, um, I, one of my first articles I ever wrote for SI Lions was uh, don't be too down on the Lions. So I was a couple of years ahead of time there. <laughs> so I saw I saw some things kind of trending in the right direction with the uh, Lions. So I kind of see that same same pattern developing with the Bears that, that they're in the right direction. Yep, we'll have to uh, see, I guess.
So that was a phenomenal discussion with Daniel Kelly. Once again, you can follow him on Twitter at First Ron Mock. Again, being a former NFL scout, he clearly sees the league through a different lens than most of us, providing some really good insight on the state of the franchise, quarterback Justin Fields, his strengths, his weaknesses, why he deserves to be back in Chicago for a fourth season, and why we may just have to pump the brakes on the Caleb Williams hype train. Before we get out of here, it's important to say thanks so much for listening this week. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Usaid Koshal. Check out my work on the Bear Report website. Don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review for the podcast. This is Usaid Koshal signing off. And remember, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever you are, always remember to bear down. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.